Hello. Hello. Oh, my dear friend, my dear love, Ned. It's so nice to see your face. <laughs> oh, I love looking at your face. And oh, the lane behind you. Have you grown a bit? <laughs> I've grown a bit. I have Wisteria Lane behind me. I have my gay pride around me. <laughs> we're on the final days of Pride Month. You I know? have my non-working green screen behind Ooh, me. I love it. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wisteria Gays season two wrap up. We finished a second season. I could cry. I'm emotional. I, I am crying. <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> if you're watching it, you didn't see anything. Yes. I it's, I got so emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to finish so soon. And we have five more seasons to watch. But oh, I was wow. still getting into my... Or six. We six have six. Seasons. I was going to say. Whoa. Thank God. I don't know what I would do if we get, I don't know what I'm going to do when we get close to the end because I love I, doing this so much. I'm going to lose my mind. It's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't have to deal with that now because we are only diving into season three. But for today, going to wrap up season two. Yes. We, oh, I <sighs> have so many complicated thoughts on this season. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but we finished it and I, I had a great time doing it. Yeah, I I I think it was fun doing it with you. I would not want to watch this show with anyone else. Me too. Oh hell yeah. Do we wanna just immediately just dive into some of our favorite moments? Maybe we sure. start on the, on the high note and then we go to what we don't like. Sure. Do you do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Um, my I'll start off with because I have a favorite episode <gasps> as well. Okay, okay, okay. I believe it's it's season two, episode nine. It is the episode of Brie with the shotgun and also when George died. <gasps> that happened in the same episode. She shot at him and then he died in the same episode? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's a good episode. Yeah. I, I, I would have second that, that I definitely had Brie with shotgun written as my one of my top favorite moments of the oh, season. The it was... It was just such a good moment. And in that episode, we also have Lynette's weird side plot of, like, trying to get Nina for sleeping with Stu. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's yeah. that episode as well. And it's the beginning of Sister Mary Hot Pants <gasps> because Gabby discovers the letters. Oh, Sister Mary Hot Pants was on specifically not to not to jump too far ahead but one of my favorite moments other than brie with a shotgun was the fight in the church with sister mary mm-hmm. Potpants. i kind of loved that storyline w- with her weirdly i kind of liked this weird evil night <laughs> yeah it was just a fun time i was just very into that storyline and the fight in the church was very funny mm-hmm. i agree oh my gosh what a wild episode i was looking at you know, episodes, synopses last night, just trying to, you know, revisit for myself my favorite moments and just thinking about how much shit has happened in this season is wild. Like how episode nine, we have George dying and then now we're where we're at now. Like, it's just wild how much happens in just like 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. What's another favorite moment of yours? Um, I mean, I feel like the classics, you know, Lynette eating a pound of raw bacon. <laughs> How could that not be on your list? Yeah, just just when when you're going through, you know, like the season two out of context, Desperate Housewives, just Lynette just stuffing bacon right in her gob. 
Oh, that screenshot of her where she's like, yeah, it's my favorite. It's the cover for those who are on our Instagram. The cover of our lesbian of the episode for season two is Lynette making that face. It's very funny to me. I want to know what she had to eat. Yeah. Did she actually have to put bait? Surely she didn't no. put bait in her mouth. It had to have been, like, candy or something. I'm curious. Maybe I go find who was, like, a PA that time. Yeah. (laughs) On the Desperate Housewives set. And I'm like, hey, what did Felicity Huffman eat? Because surely she didn't eat bacon. Mm Mm-hmm. What if they were? What if they were like, um, um, Felicity, it's method acting. Okay, yeah. So we need you to eat a pound of raw bacon. Or you're not really dedicated to this show, are you? Felicity Huffman's just like, I am. I'm the best actor on this show. <laughs> ask, don't ask anyone. <laughs> she is very, I feel like for me, it's a tie between her and Marsha Cross. In terms oh, of yeah. The acting prowess. Um, but you know I still love my Eva Longoria, my, my Terry Hatcher. Oh, I love yeah. all my girls. I can't yes. choose a favorite. It's like choosing a favorite child. <laughs> but if we had to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also wrote something that was my one of my favorite moments was um, just Nina Fletcher and her cleavage. Yes. Uh, you know I love Jolie Fitcher. Jolie Fitcher? Julie Fisher and I talked at uh, ad nauseum about how she was an early crush for me in my lifetime so just having her around being a bitch uh, with her cleavage out uh, for half the season was really a treat for me as a person in terms of my my favorite moments or I guess favorite characters of the season hell yeah I also loved the talent show because the talent show was this season right oh yeah the church talent show where mm-hmm. julie and edie we got to see our queens being friends mm-hmm. i love that i was sad that edie got made fun of yeah. in the way where she wasn't as good as she could have been because she didn't have her guitar she had to play the piano but she didn't play wonderwall i know <laughs> but i really liked that julie and edie got to bond a bit i wish we would see more of that but now that her dad has uh effectively ruined his relationship with edie i don't know if that's gonna happen no i think julie's gonna be on team susan i yeah i would assume so (laughs) (laughs) um i actually have something about that later too oh that's a little tease for some things i have to say later um, I also wrote Gilfy as one of my favorite moments. I guess I just wrote characters I loved, but I loved things that involved Susan's mom. I thought Sophie was a very fun character. Uh, is this season the season where we had Bob Newhart? Yes. Yeah, like that. I loved that episode as well. Just like, well, right? Or was that we had one? him in season one as well? But the wedding was this season, correct? Yes, I think so. I liked the wedding episode. I just like that wedding episode. I yeah. thought it was a fun. I love I love Gilfy and Bob Newhart. <laughs> I loved the other wedding in this season. Well, the om- almost wedding. Gay rights. Oh, yes. Susan saying gay rights. How did I forget about Susan saying gay rights? Mm-hmm. That should be the top moment of the whole season, and I totally forgot about it. <laughs> I feel like my memory is mush. I don't know what I would do without you. I also feel, I feel like we complete each other in that way because the areas of our brains that are mush, the other person fills in. They mush together. Mm-hmm. Like a beautiful mushy puzzle piece. A little a little bit of applesauce. <laughs> oh, I love it. I also, lo- I, w- I wish we had more McCluskey. Mm-hmm. But I loved her tasering 
stew. Do you remember that? Yes, I loved that moment. <laughs> that was another moment. I just love violence, I guess. Brie with a shotgun, McCluskey with a taser. Mm-hmm. I just love just the women being violent, I suppose. Yeah. I feel like another classic that I have to mention Boogie Shoes Bar Dancing. Oh, yeah. Boogie Shoes Bar Daz. Bar Dazzing. Bar Dazzing. Bar Dazzing is an instant classic. Like, I want a Criterion collection of just that scene. (laughs) I make that. I will make that for you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Were there any of the moments that really just stuck out to you? I don't think so. I think, well, seeing my predictions come true, those were really good moments. Yeah, it's fun to watch your predictions come true. And I have more that I'll get into later. Oh, I'm so excited for the prediction corner. Mm -hmm. Do we want to shift to the things we didn't like about the season? Sure. Uh, I'll go first. I didn't really like the season mystery. No. I feel like they could have done so much more with it, but they... They just did too much too fast, and they didn't have anywhere to go with it, so they just kind of dropped it until near the end of the season when they picked it back up. I just feel like there were so many things that made that story interesting, but they didn't touch on any of it. I fully agree. I don't want to reiterate what you've already said, but I agree with everything you're saying because I also... I wanted to, because I love Alfre Woodard, and mm-hmm. I just, I wanted to love this mystery and this cool new housewife, but they really dropped the ball, I feel like, with it, and what bothers me is the plot holes, just the amount of plot holes, and I was messaging someone on our Instagram, and I didn't even think about this, so I'm curious if you did. They were messaging me, and they were like, the Fosters, Melanie's parents, were sending people after the Applewhites. Mm-hmm. So, like the people whose daughter died know the apple whites did it and they sent that one hitman and then we never heard about the fosters again oh yeah i like they could have been a cool extra villain they could have like been a real like dangerous presence it could have brought brie and and you know uh betty together to protect the kids from the foster like it could have been i don't know or it could have taken them apart like i just feel like the fosters uh, when that was pointed out to me on our Instagram, I was like, oh, yeah, that was totally dropped. Yeah, I will say the show did a very good job at making me forget about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. I also forgot about it until I was messaged about it two days ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like there was like a lot of plot holes. And you're right. It wasn't as layered, I think, as season one mystery. So there was less to unpack. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you called the twist the twist that it wasn't actually Caleb, like truly five episodes in. Maybe yeah. even sooner. I think you immediately called that, I think. <laughs> but you're also psychic. So, you, you know, you you have a little bit of a difference. because I you have are powers. Yeah, you have magical powers. You're the prediction king. Um, but I think it is also fairly obvious. <laughs> yeah, that was my biggest gripe with the season, I think. It, it just mm-hmm. pulled it down for me because the the season would like I feel like the mysteries would ties everybody together and it all just felt like loose like everybody was just kind of that's another thing I didn't like I feel like the women didn't intersect a lot I felt like they were they were all just kind of all doing their own things that were kind of cool on their own but like I would have rather them intersected with each other more yeah I feel like that's a constant note that or like uh uh the notes we send to the desperate housewives yeah <laughs> um sorry I didn't mean note but that that's no, a, no, a I agree I agree a constant criticism we have is because I remember even in season one 
we were like, we want the women to interact with each other more. And they just kind of don't. It, it, I feel like the writers think it's very hard to do group things with these women. And maybe that plays into the women didn't like each other very much in real life. So it's yeah. harder to do group scenes when there's not that much chemistry there. But we do see the women have chemistry. Like, that is true. Like, they can put things aside. So... I don't know what the excuse is for not having them just interact more when they're your main cast. Yeah, I I don't I don't know either. I feel like those major like it sucks because like there wasn't that many like overtly bad things this season. I just mm. didn't like the the structure of it. I think. Yeah, I agree. So like in terms of like little plot points, like you know, there's like things I don't love. I don't love Carlos and Jaume. I don't love how they've kind of backtracked with Gabby. And I'm like, there's like things I don't love, but it's like, eh, but then the structure is what throws me off. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my major gripes with season two. I know there's some people that love season two, though. Yeah. You know, like we, we have to stand. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it. For sure. It's just those those little things, you know, I, yeah. I think those are my biggest uh, criticisms as well with this season. Do we want to move on to the next thing? I guess I mean is this is this it? Is this the big boy, the big lesbian of the season award? Lesbian of the season award. I got the results pulled up. We had a whopping 60 people vote. That is more than Whoa. I could ever imagine. Thank you, everyone who voted. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having your voice be heard. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited because I do not know the results and I'm I just I'm ready for them to hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. I'm very excited as well. And just like season one, I'm going to go through the top three. So I'm going to start from third place, second place, first place. Are we ready? Let's do it. In third place with a whopping 20%. Oh, there's a tie for third. There's a tie. There's a tie for Thank God. Thank so, God. I love it. I love to see it. So with a whopping 20%. The two third place winners are the pile of lesbians fighting Edie in episode 20. <laughs> I love that. And Edie and roller skates in episode two. Oh, thank God. Look at this Edie representation. Mm-hmm. Those are two solid choices. Yeah, I'm glad that they uh, they tied. I love that. You love to see it. I am exhilarated listening to the results. And why is this my favorite thing we do all season? It gets your adrenaline pumping. It's just exciting because we get interaction with like the people who listen to our show. With all of y'all. I love voting. We mm-hmm. love voting <laughs> here on Wisteria Gaze. Okay, you ready for a second? I'm so ready. I'm shaking. I'm so excited. So with 23.3% of the votes, we have Gabby and Brie being tender with each other from episode seven. Oh, I thought that might win. That's, that's, oh. I was, there's a lot of Gabby, Gabby Brie shippers out there. mm -hmm. I was going to say it was close to winning, but it really wasn't. (laughs) What is the percentage for number one? 48.3%. <gasps> That's like 25% more. Yeah. Is ama- who is the winner? Please, please tell me. Drum roll, please tell me who is the winner of Let's Be the Season, Season 2. Drum roll. 
Lynette dancing to boogie shoes. I knew it. I knew that was gonna win. Mm-hmm. It's just too good. It's too good. It's so good, and I'm so glad it won with almost fifty percent of the votes. It was one vote away from being exactly fifty percent. You know what? It's because the people that listen to this podcast, all of you, you all have taste. Mm-hmm. That's why that one loves me this season. I felt it in my bones that might win, and I'm so glad that my bones were correct. That is such a good winner for Lesbina the season. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. So now, so with season one, we have Cowboy Bar Edie. Season two, we have Lynette dancing at a bar. Oh, I can't, bars. I can't wait to see who's in a bar in season three. Who's in a bar in season three and they win. But already, I know we're only two out of eight, but Lesbia, the series is going to rock ass. Yes, it really is. <laughs> rock so much ass. That is, I cannot wait. We need to like make an actual trophy for Lesbia, the series. Yes, we need to make, we need to make two so we can each have one. We Do get a bucket. A bucket. That's it. Mm-hmm. I get you, wait, I get you a bucket that says Lesbian the episode on it. I would love and that. You keep it next to you at all times. If anybody knows how to make enamel pins, reach out to us. I, I would want love to make a Lesbian the episode bucket. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, that'd be so good. So, you told me you have some predictions. Some predictions. Do you want to get I into do. Ned's prediction corner? Let's I, get into this corner. I would love that. I think that. Does Brie have a job? No, she does not. I think Brie's gonna have to get a job in season three. She, she has truly been unemployed. I think Rex was a doctor and that was it. I don't she could do like um I'm trying to think of a job Brie would do. <laughs> uh I can't think of one. It would have to be something self-employed, I think. Yeah. Um. She self-employs. She does, co- she does coding in her living room. I thought you were gonna say cooking. She does like cooking. <laughs> no, I didn't coding. Um, she does do coding. Brie becomes a hacker. But yeah, maybe she'll like try to start her own business or something. I don't know. Okay. Okay. That's season three. Season three, and I'm. I want to make guesses on Orson. Okay, make some guesses on Orson. I think that... Have you ever seen the movie Double Jeopardy? I have not, no. So it's a movie where... um, It's very good. I think it was made in 1995. But this woman is on a boat with her husband and she wakes up and there's blood everywhere. And uh, she goes to jail for his murder. And... She finds out while she's in jail that her husband faked her death. And uh, so what she does is she finds out that you can't get committed for the same crime twice. So she, like, breaks out of jail to go kill her husband for real because she's so angry. So what I'm saying is I think that, like, Orson... Maybe Orson... I don't know. Did Orson fake his death? I don't know. Did he have... did he get gone? He got gone, girled. <laughs> he, he had a wife girl? or something that faked her death. I don't know. <laughs> how does how does Mike play in that? Because you know we ended the season with him targeting Mike. I was gonna say like maybe like he did get like double like maybe he got framed for a murder and like he was at jail or something the same time Mike mm-hmm. was. 
but uh, that's that's my prediction. My other prediction is that Gabby does something really bad and weird, and it's not good. <laughs> I won't get into the specifics, but it's going to be bad and weird and not good. Okay, okay. Do you have any other predictions? Um, what do you think Susan's going to get up to? Because I mean, Susan, Susan and Mikey Poo left on quite a quite a dour note. I think that they are. I think she's going to be like upset with him at first because I don't know where we're picking up in season three. I don't know if it's directly after the events of, of season two or if there's a mini time skip, but I think she's definitely going to be upset with him. And maybe they'll they'll be on the rocks a little bit or they'll try to take it slow instead of just jumping into marriage. As always, as always, they're like, oh, we got to slow this this train down. Mm -hmm. Those are some good predictions. Those are some solid predictions. I'm excited to see which ones come true. Hell yeah, me too. If any of them, I doubt any of them would come true. (laughs) I can't wait for Orson to turn to the camera and go, I've been double jeopardied. I've be been really gone good. girled. I've been gone girl. The book and our movie have not come out yet, but uh it's <laughs> happened. I have some fun stuff that I want to leave us with today going into season three. Okay. So as it has been well documented, season two was a pretty unpopular season when it was airing, including like reviews torn apart and the cast apparently was deeply outspoken about how much they disliked season two so as we're going into season three there was a lot of hubbub around desperate housewives being like how are they gonna recover from a weak season they had a kind of a sophomore slump so as we go into season three mark cherry who went kind of hands off in season two returns as the showrunner so season three we're getting mark cherry back he's gonna be a main writer and the showrunner and he returned basically with most of his staff. There were some of the main guys like that we saw a lot of like Tom Speziali, guys like that that actually left uh, oh. uh, this after the end of the season. So they're gonzo. So there's actually some new writers and directors coming in season three. But I thought this was interesting. I found planning for the season three premiere came as a response to the problematic second season. Cherry stated that he regrets most of the second season as he felt scheduling problems made it difficult to plan the season's storylines amongst the writers, which I guess probably led to the fact that there were so many plot holes because the writers quite literally were not connecting on what was happening. And so he said, quote, one of the problems I had with the season two was that I had to keep going with the the previous year's stuff, he explained, and that he had learned to go back to square one and build up the tension again. So he felt that they had like come up so high and then they had to pull it back down and re-ramp it. That Mm. combined with the miscommunication led to a pretty bad season. And to the point where uh, James Denton, aka Mike, uh, threatened to leave the show because he was like, I'm not doing anything Terry's not doing anything. I feel like you're disrespecting our characters and I don't like this. And so he threatened to walk away, apparently. Oh, wow. Because he said in USA Today, quote, he was like, Bree's dealing with alcoholism and her son and Lynette's going to work and dealing with a cheating husband and, and Susan's going on a couple of bad dates. 
Yeah, that's Which true. It's true. And I think he was just like, he, my, James Denson was feeling like Mike didn't have a direction he was going in. And he was like, if you don't have a direction for me, maybe I can just go. That's wild to yeah. think about. Yeah. A show without Mike Delfino. I don't know if I want to live in that world. It's not a show I want to watch. No. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, and there were other people who kind of expressed like, yeah, I think this is a pretty bad season of television. But Marsha Cross specifically said that she was, quote unquote, knocking on Mark Cherry's door saying, what the hell is this when she would get scripts sometimes. Uh, so she was like specifically unhappy with what they oh, were doing. Wow. Free. So I'm very curious what that means for like the new directions they may go in. I think that the goal is to really revamp and reconnect with the season. Uh, Mark Cherry said that uh, the season three premiere, especially he wanted to make sure that storylines developed quicker because he thought that some of the issues with season two was that it was too slow mm-hmm. and that they lagged a lot, which I agree with. And uh, he said, quote, which I'm excited about, we mentioned, and I'm going to work much harder to crisscross the women's stories so that their lives bump up against each other much more often. That's good. I can't wait to see that. We'd love to see it. And uh, another thing that I thought was really interesting was uh, there were several new writers hired, uh, including uh, a guy named Joe Keenan and some guy named Bob Daly. And Bob Daly said, when we came in on season three, the mandate was to all the writers was that we bring the show back to its roots. Uh, That meant having plot lines spring from relatable experiences and focusing on the core women instead of bringing new people in. So like Orson is a new character kind of, but they, I think they were hoping that like setting him up in season two meant they could just focus on the people they have. Uh, Cause they were also talking about in the article I was reading about how James Denton and Mike fe- felt that there was just so many characters in season two that it was like hard to focus. And so I think they're trying there to were. refocus on the core people. And yeah, they talked about how they, as writers, sat down as a group and planned out the, the mystery much more intentionally together. They started from the end and worked backwards and connected oh. that through the season. So hopefully that means, uh, obviously I don't want to give any spoilers, but hopefully that means we'll see a much more cohesive storyline because they knew where it was going because <laughs> um, they started at the end. Hell yeah. That's the way so, to do it. We love to see it. I also found some random stuff. Like the cast ended up loving the stuff that they got for season three. It said, I found that Orson was planned as a romantic interest for Susan by Thomas Bezzialli, but then Mark Cherry overruled that and said, no, I think he belongs with Brie. Because of the name. Because of the name. But I'm wondering if that's not, that's like not the reason why Thomas Bezzialli left, but it said he left because of creative differences. Oh. And what if it really was like, I want Susan and Orson together. <laughs> and that was, that was what he left on. I don't think that's true, but. And then he went off to write all the Susan and Orson fan fiction that exists on the yes, internet. That's all Tom Speciali. Uh, and the last thing I found that I thought was interesting, cause I don't want to get spoilery, was that um, Mark Cherry mentioned that he wanted Susan to be, to have more time with Julie and for them to enhance Julie's character a little bit more and make her more prominent. We love to see it. And Andrea Bowen, our queen, Andrea Bowen, she said, quote, it's time that I got something a little bit more spicy. Julie is so much fun. Oh, so she's she's ready. She's ready to be in the forefront. She's Queen Julie is ready. Yes, bring us the spices. Bring us that spicy Queen Julie. And that's oh. all I got to kind of as like a precursor for season three. 
it's making me have high hopes that we're going into like a, a much cleaner season. Yes, meat as well. Meat as well is what I just Meat said. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you those things to give you some, some, some excited, give you a little excited, get all of you really, all the who listen, excited about season three because I'm freaking oh, pumped. I'm so freaking pumped. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so freaking pumped. And I think that's all I got today. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all I got as well. I don't have anything else planned. <laughs> but who knows where the world will take us. Yeah, that's true. This was a really fun little wrap up. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thank you for hanging out. <sighs> thank you all for listening and watching. If you're watching the video of this, uh, I love doing this podcast. So do I. It's the best podcast in the world. And anyone that says different. I can't hear you. you I suddenly yeah, you don't can, know how to read. You can crap off. You can crap right off because this is the best podcast in the world. I'm a newsie. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, kick your ass. I'm the king of New York. I'm the king of New York. I got a pair of new shoes with matching laces. laces. <laughs> uh, I think we just have one smidge, teeny tiny announcement, right, before we mm-hmm. go. We're going to take a month off, actually a, like a planned month. We're letting you all know about it. We're taking a month off. We're going to take the month of, is it June or July? July. June's Pride Month, so July is Wrath Month. Uh, taking the month of July, we're going to record a little bit, get a little bit of a backlog so we can keep those releases consistent for y'all. And yeah. uh, we're going to take some time, yeah, just to kind of get ready for season three, stock up on some epies so that mm. every Wednesday you got yourself a new Wisteria gaze. Hell Yeah. But we will be returning to you in August. And yeah. that'll be just so exhilarating. It'll be my birthday month. <gasps> we got to do a big birthday spectacular. Oh, yes. We got to have an in memoriam for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will do an in memoriam for your birthday. Thank God. <laughs> and with that, we have been Wisteria Gaze. Oh, Mackenzie. What's up? I love you. I freaking love you so much can't wait to watch season three i cannot wait to watch season three with you it's the only thing i want i'm so excited and everyone else guess what stay freaking juicy stay juicy stay juicy stay juicy stay 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 juicy stay juicy stay juicy stay stay juicy and stay juicy means nobody can sleep alive oh my god (laughs) okay stay juicy